The Los Angeles Chargers blow a crazy lead to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The New York Giants beat the Minnesota Vikings in an upset, and the San Francisco 49ers take care of business. All that and more in today's episode of Locked on NFL Wildcard Weekend Recap Edition. You are Locked on NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day it is Monday, so that means you have me, Kevin Allstriker, the host of Locked On Ravens, and one of the many NFL experts here on our network. We'll be breaking down everything that happened throughout Saturday and Sunday's action on Wild Card Weekend. Thank you so much for tuning in with us here today, making us your first lesson. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms, including over on YouTube and video format. Today's episode of Locked On NFL is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less in their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times man on your entry. First time users can receive it on 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. And we have a jam packed locked on NFL episode here today. So we're going to be diving into a, a crazy wild card weekend. We still have the Cowboys and the Buccaneers facing off today on Monday, but. Saturday's action was crazy. Sunday's action was crazy. I know for the Ravens, they lost a heartbreaker to the Cincinnati Bengals in a game that was back and forth and back and forth. And Ravens gave the Bengals a run for their money. But today we're going to be talking with Daniel Wade of Locked On Chargers in the first segment as the Chargers blew a 27 to nothing first half lead. We'll talk about Brandon Staley. Maybe Staley has been fired or kept on by the time you're listening to this here on Monday, but we'll see what happens. We'll talk with Daniel about that. In the second segment, we'll move on to the New York Giants and Patricia Traina of Locked On Giants. They picked up a big win over the Minnesota Vikings, a team that is, again, very talented, but that was a big upset for the Giants. Then in the final segment, we'll talk with Eric Crocker of Locked On 49ers about those 49ers and Brock Purdy and how far Purdy can take that Niners team. So without any further ado, let's dive into our first segment of Locked On NFL with Daniel Wade of Locked On Chargers. Well, the Los Angeles Chargers lose in quite literally one of the most heartbreaking ways possible. Here to talk about that with me and just the direction the team is going in, some head coaching questions, is Daniel Wade, one of the hosts over at Locked On Chargers. And Daniel, this was just a tale of two halves, literally. The Chargers go up. They're a big 27 to nothing. He had four first-half Trevor Lawrence interceptions. And then all of a sudden, at the end of this game, is Jacksonville 31 in the Chargers third. What happened to this team to have them lose this game just by one point here after having such a hot start? Man, Kevin, I mean, that 27-0 lead feels like it was two weeks ago, man. I mean, it, it just that game couldn't have changed any more than it did. And you don't have a, a historically blown lead like that unless it's a really a full collapse on all sides. And that's what it was for the Chargers because the defense started hot, obviously, right? I mean, four interceptions in the first half. Asante Samuel Jr. just going nuts, setting up the Chargers offense for all sorts of points. And the Chargers offense was buoyed by that, right? I mean, they had three scoring drives that started inside of the Jags' 18-yard line. Two touchdowns and a field goal, basically given 17 points by your defense. And then... It just all starts falling apart. The defense gives up 31 straight points. So as much as you want to give them credit for what they did in the first half, if you give up 31 points on five drives, I, I mean, it's still hard to feel great about that defensive performance. 
And offensively, man, I mean, a Justin Herbert-led team scoring three points in the second half, scoring three points after four minutes and 25 seconds left in the second quarter, just inexcusable. It's it's unacceptable, and he deserves some of the blame too, but I really do think he was kind of let down by the roster construction of this team, right? Having to go to Michael Bandy, undrafted free agent in this game because you were so ill-prepared at wide receiver, and also Joe Lombardi, who probably has you know called his last play as the Chargers offensive coordinator. Yeah, and you have the offensive coordinator questions, but also the head coaching questions now in Los Angeles as Brandon Staley's been under plenty of heat, even dating back, not even just this game. We've been talking months, even maybe even the past year for the Chargers. Do you think that maybe by the time people are listening to this, they've made a decision on, on whether Staley returns, but do you feel like he is the right man to coach this team moving forward? I think the Chargers could justifiably fire him uh, at this point. And I think it, it all goes back to week 18. And I think that's where a lot of it stems from because of the decision to play the Chargers starters as long as he did into the fourth quarter in that game, losing Mike Williams in that game, a game that had, you know, because of the Ravens loss early in the day, really had no impact on their playoff positioning or seeding at all. To lose a major player like that in that game, I think is kind of what started things because before that, the Chargers went a month as like the best defense in the NFL. Brandon Staley was actually riding high in the thoughts of Chargers fans, and it really all turned, it seemed like, in Week 18. I think they're going to keep him. I've always thought the Sean Payton thing was probably too far-reaching for this Chargers and what they've done historically as an organization, making a big splash like that. Like Brandon Staley, first-time head coach, Anthony Lynn, Mike McCoy, all the same thing. They've never been willing to do something of that nature, especially something that's going to cost them, you know, a first round pick and then some. I've never really bought that. It seems like, at least in my opinion, I don't think Steele is going anywhere. I know Jim Trotter, an NFL reporter, has come out and saying that he thinks that the Chargers are going to stick with Staley, but there will be other shakes up shakeups on the coaching staff. I don't know how you can defend him at this point. I mean, I think there's a better chance of, you know, him coming back and being a good coach than some of the other coaches on the Chargers staff. But it just feels like heads have to roll after a performance like that, after the expectations with this team and getting healthier again, feels like something has to happen. And if the Chargers, whether they do or don't keep Staley, the, the question does become roster construction. Where do you look to this team, Daniel? Where do you think they need to improve the most heading into this offseason? It's such a good question, Kevin, because I mean, with this team, the way that they lost, it's so hard to feel good about any one specific thing. I mean, you'll feel good if they can go and, you know, sign Justin Herbert and put him on the blank check during this offseason because it's his first season. He's allowed to sign that extension. I think that'll make people feel a little bit better because at, you know, after that performance, it's like, oh, you need something to kind of feel good about. But it's hard, man. They're, they're cap-strapped going into 2023. I mean, they're not in a great position. They had a lot of all-in moves that they did this year. They had a lot of guys go in and contribute that they are able to get on one-year deals like Kyle Van Noy and Morgan Fox and Bryce Callahan. Like All those dudes are going to be free agents. Can you replicate that? Can you get people to buy in and want to come to your team on the cheap because they think you're going to get the most out of them? I don't know how it's going to go after the season ended the way it is. I will say that the Chargers players have all come out and very adamantly, you know, supported Brandon Staley and said that he's the guy seems like they're still bought in in that sense but it's fair to kind of question everything and, and, and you get to the end of the season like this where it's like you had Derwin James and Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack right you had Justin Herbert Keenan Allen Austin Eckler and all these guys in this game and it still wasn't enough and it would have been nice to see them get to you know match up against the AFC elite and and you know see how much of the ground they've been able to cover with those juggernauts at the top but you couldn't get past the Jaguars and you didn't deserve to with the way that you ended up playing that game. So yes, you have Justin Herbert. 
But this is just another year of the prime of Joey Bosa, right? And another year of a, a Ken, Keenan Allen being productive and Austin Eckler as a running back and, and all these guys. So it just feels like a wasted year, even though they had to do a lot just to make it to the dance. Yeah, and, you know, we kind of talked a couple weeks ago about could they kind of sneak their way in. They did that, but then the disappointment of losing the way that they did. So when you're looking ahead, what, what's the outlook for them? Do you feel confident in their roster moving forward if they can fill a couple holes, or do you feel like they really do need pretty major changes? It, it's hard to say. I mean, they're going to keep at least most of this core nucleus together. I mean, Khalil Max can be another year older. You're going to – hopefully have to tip the scales back in the favor of the health for this Chargers team. I mean, even for them, a really snake bitten team. I know Ravens fans know all about that, you know, in NFL fans, there's injuries everywhere, but even for the Chargers, this was kind of a special year of injuries, missing guys like Joey Bosa and Rashawn Slater and Keenan Allen and for big chunks of this year. So they're going to have to get healthier. If you can find a way to kind of supplement this roster, which you're going to need to, because they don't really have any cap space, you can find the one-year deals of veterans that you can get meaningful contributions from. You can stick around. Can you improve enough to gain ground on the rest of the teams in the AFC? It's hard to see it right now because there's just a few question marks that you have for this team. Can they get Justin Herbert more explosive playmakers, right? Because I think you saw a lack of that at least at the end of the season and for stretches when they were missing their big guys. There's a lot of questions. Can you fix the offensive line? What do you have to do defensively to kind of iron out the inconsistency? Like you got to see why this Chargers team gets all the praise they do and why they always have the offseason hype. They go up 27 to zero, but they're also the team that can give up 31 straight and end up losing that game. So as much as you want to get excited about this team, there's so many questions that lead you to wonder, can they do it again? And do they have the right pieces and the guys on big contracts to do it? Right. It's certainly long offseason ahead for those Los Angeles Chargers. And if you want to hear more on the Chargers, their playoff loss, their outlook, be sure to follow Daniel's work over at the Locked On Chargers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Daniel, I appreciate you. Thanks so much. Yeah, that Chargers game was just uh, brutal for all Los Angeles fans there. Coming up, though, in our second segment, we'll be diving into a team that's a little more happy with their outlook in the New York Giants, who picked up that big upset win over the Vikings in wildcard weekend. So be sure to stay tuned. Still, lots to talk about on Locked On NFL. But first, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. And fantasy football season's over. I'm now on to fantasy basketball, still undefeated, picked up another win in the books but if you want a different twist on fantasy be sure to check out prize picks and prize picks is super easy to use you can have a ton of formats and entries and how it works is to pick two to five players and if they will go score more or less in their prize picks projection you can win up to 10 times better on your entry there's no competing against other people it's just you versus suggestions available prize picks offers projections on these worth you watching the nfl the nba the mlb you have nhl pj college football, college basketball, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Is that easy. They have safe investors are also in the currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the PricePix app or go to PricePix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive your own husband and deposit match up to $100 or promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. Don't so forget to the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. And this show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. And sometimes I do wish that life came with a user manual, but BetterHelp Online Therapy is basically the next best thing. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual, so whether it's not working for you, it is normal to feel stuck. And therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine 
called Do Better. Help us connect over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, it's secure, and it's accessible anywhere 100% online. And there are a ton of benefits to therapy. You can learn coping skills, self-empowerment. You can deal with trauma. And there are so many that have benefited from therapy over the course of their lives. And everyone deserves to feel their best. BetterHelp makes it easy to get started. It's the world's largest therapy service. They've matched millions of people with freshly licensed embedded therapists available 100% online. All the benefits of in-person therapy plus is more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. To spell a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist, if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no one is searching for the right therapist. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. We return here, our second segment of Locked On NFL. Kevin Ostriker, your host, still here with you. We just talked with Daniel Wade of Locked On Chargers. Now we're going to be diving in with Patricia Traina of Locked On Giants for a Giants team that has had a very feel-good season, a bounce-back year. They pick up a big win. We'll talk with Patricia about that big victory now. Well, the New York Giants, they pick up a massive, massive playoff win over the Minnesota Vikings. They get the job done. They move on to the divisional round. Final score, 31 to 24. Here to talk about it with me, Patricia Trena, the host over at Locked On Giants. And Patricia, I'm sure you're feeling on top of the world right now. The first Giants playoff win in a really long time and just a really fun team this year. Yeah, surprising season. I think if you had told me at the start of the year that we would be in this position, I would have said, I'll have whatever you're having, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, look, Brian Dable, Joe Shane, they have done so much with, you know, a roster that I think we could probably all agree is not a stacked roster at certain positions. And the fact that they have gone this far, they, and they've done it on confidence. They've done it on culture. They've done it on believing in themselves. I mean, this has just been a wonderful season for giant fans and the Giants community who have suffered the last, you know, most of the last decade with lousy football, double digit uh, losing seasons in, in each of the last, you know, since 2016. So what a nice change of pace for everybody. Yeah. And this is a game where, again, I think a lot of people counted the Giants out, but there were the believers in there. And look, the Vikings are a talented football team. This was not a win that you can kind of put on the radar and saying, oh, the, the Vikings are bad. This was an impressive win all around by the Giants. But Patricia, what were the keys to getting this done for New York? Yeah, I mean, the key, I, I think one of the things they did differently, and this was key, is they balanced the offense a lot better than they did the first time around. The first time around, they threw something like 42 times and ran just a smid, you know, smattering of times. This time, uh, the run-pass distribution was um, 30 runs and 35 pass attempts. So, And in the passing game, they spread the ball out. Uh, to, you know, the tight ends, to the running backs, to the receivers. So they were able to get that done. Saquon Barkley ran like, you know, he was as fresh as anything. The week off last week helped him. Daniel Jones having a big game and continuing to silence his critics. So that was key. The defense, I thought, you know, had its moments, but at the end of the day, they did a good job. They finally figured out how to uh, limit Justin Jefferson. They held him to um, 47 yards. Still had trouble with TJ Hawkinson, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, like I said, they, they got it done. They were the last team standing, and now it's on to Philly. Yeah, and big day for the Giants coaching staff. This is a coaching staff that was assembled with, I think, a lot of confidence by the front office. Brian Dable's done a heck of a job with that team this year. You're bringing Don Martindale as a defensive coordinator. Plenty of coaches up and down the list I could talk about. But, Patricia, what would you like from this coaching staff on Sunday? I like 
the fact that they're consistent. So they, they have the same message. And I also like how they've been handling the players. You know, for example, they brought up a couple guys from the practice squad who had been on the practice squad all season long, Khalil Pimpleton and Jashawn Corbin. Now, even though they were inactive, they still get a, a health, you know, they still get part of the, the game check that's distributed, you know, to the, to the wild card winner. So they do little things like that. You know, they, they always say, we believe in, you know, this guy and that guy and that guy. And they don't just say that to pay lip service. They actually back it up with action. So I think that's been a big thing that Brian Dable and his staff have done. They also tailor uh, the offense or the defense to the strengths of their players. They never want to see them in a bad position. So, and if they do end up in a bad position, they take the blame. It's not the player's fault because the players can't do whatever it is they're being asked to do. It's on the coaches for asking them to do something and, and not thinking it through. So just an overall, you know, approach of being consistent, giving players a, a piece of ownership of the program uh, and just, you know, bonding, the bonding. Everybody's like a family. You see Brian Dable hugging players after the game, dancing with them. It, it, it's just it's just so different from what we've seen in the past from this Giants team. And the connection between players and coaches is such an underrated aspect, I think, of this game, where I think you have to have that if you want to be able to make a run. The Giants have it right now, but you mentioned, Patricia, it's on the Philly right now. It's a tough test for this Giants team. Do you think they have what it takes to go into Philly and upset that number one seeded Eagles? You know, I'd, I'd like to say yes, um, especially after how their backups played the, the Eagles tight. Um, now, that being said, I, I I believe the Giants in that Week 18 game, they didn't unload everything. They probably held some stuff back, figuring, okay, you know what, we might see these guys again down the line. Um I'm going to think I'm I would say right now the Giants will probably give the Eagles a good run for their money. It's not going to it shouldn't be a, a blowout like it was, you know, the first time they met earlier in the season. Will they actually prevail? Um I'm not quite ready to go there yet. I have to go back and I've got to, you know, dissect this game and also see the injury report, but look, I I think it's going to be a good game. And regardless of what happens, if you are a giant fan or a giant follower, you got to be happy with where this team is right now, considering this was supposed to be a rebuilding year. Yeah, and it gives a lot of hope for the future for this Giants team. And I think for a lot of people, this was a big year for Daniel Jones, a big prove-it year for Daniel Jones. What did you see out of him in this playoff game? He's been tremendous, absolutely tremendous with, with his legs, with his decision-making, with throwing balls into tight windows, and he hasn't made a whole lot of mistakes. And I think the more he has played down the stretch, he's the, you could see that confidence really bursting out of him, and it's rubbing off on his teammates. You know, his teammates were saying, you know, Daniel's our field general. He's our guy. And you just, you just see a shift in how people look at him. You know, the first three years you look at him and you say, ah, game manager. You know, they could do better. Now you look at him, and and I've coined the phrase Danny Dollars because I think he's going to get paid after this is all said and done. But um, Daniel Jones has really come of age. Now, just imagine what he might do with a, an even better receiver core, with a more consistent offensive line, with, um, you know, Evan Neal, the, the right tackle in his second year, going to be better next year. Just imagine what he could do with all that. I mean, considering what he's done this year, 
and what he could potentially do with the right pieces around him, the sky could be the limit. Yeah, the Giants team, so much potential. They still have some playoff football to play. Do not count them out just yet, but a lot of hope for the future over there in New York as well. Patricia, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for hopping on. For more on the Giants and their playoff win, be sure to follow the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Patricia, thanks so much. The Giants are a fun team to watch. I I bought all the Saquon stock going into the year. Very proud of my investment. So we'll see if they can knock off Philadelphia next week. What an upset. But coming up in our final segment, we'll be diving in to a conversation with Eric Crocker of Locked On 49ers about Brock Purdy, that San Francisco team and more. So be sure to stay tuned. So a lot to talk about here on Locked On NFL. But first, this episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. And I'm really geeked out by our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the mobile game Ultimate Football GM. And if you ever do become an NFL general manager or manager in football franchise, your dream can come true in this game. It's definitely for you. You can manage every strategic aspect to your team. You can play through the season and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for things like hiring the right coaches and coordinators, training players, making draft picks, and even navigating your franchise through free agency in the draft and all the ups and downs of the season. You have all this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline you can play on the go as you want and when you want to and the locked on nfl hosts are having a little competition among us so if you want to do the same with your friends or family you should absolutely do so it's super fun locked on nfl listeners get 100 free boost to their franchise when using promo code locked on in all caps in the game store that's locked on in all caps so make sure to check it out today it's not on the game stuff at ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores at ultimate-gm.com ultimate football gm start your dynasty today we return here, our final segment of Locked On NFL here on Monday. Kevin Ostraker is still here with you. Thank you so much for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, follow along in audio form as well. But now let's talk with Eric Cracker of Locked On 49ers. Brock Purdy has that team looking good as well as the other pieces surrounding him. So let's talk with Eric Cracker about that now. Well, the 49ers were able to dominate the Seahawks on wildcard weekend. They win by the final score of 41 to 23. Here to talk about that with me, Brock Purdy and more is one of the hosts over at Locked On 49ers, Eric Crocker. And Eric, this is a game I know you got the divisional rivalry sneaking into the playoffs with the Seattle game. Brock Purdy, four touchdowns. I mean, how impressed were you with him and just what was what was able to get the 49ers this win overall? Man, it's been extremely impressive. And, you know, as a 49er fan and talent evaluator, because, you know, I try to kind of express that to the 49er fan base that I'm looking at this Brock Purdy performance uh, really just his time as a starter and through two different lenses. He's a guy I didn't really evaluate coming out of college. He wasn't one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the class. So uh, right now I'm kind of doing my evaluation as well as watching him as a 49er quarterback. And I think if you just watch him solely as a an evaluation, you might not appreciate what he's doing as the 49er quarterback as much. But overall, he's been awesome. Uh, he's given the 49ers something they haven't had with Jimmy Garoppolo. And Jimmy was, he's been awesome for the 49ers. But Purdy gives you that extra little playmaking ability, that the ad-libbing, uh, just kind of this freeness to his game. And is almost like Mahomes, but like not as talented as Mahomes, if that makes sense. So, uh, you know, he doesn't have as big of an arm. It's not quite as uh, flashy, but he does some things, man, that, I think every game is like, wow, you know, that was pretty cool. So it's been awesome to, to to really watch him and see what he can do, what he can't do, what he's trying to get away with. Uh, but overall, I think, you know, the 49er coaching staff definitely has to be pleased with what they've gotten so far. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, four touchdowns in his first playoff game. You'll take that 10 times out of 10. So. Jimmy Garoppolo in, in all his playoff games, I think he's played like six playoff games or something like that. 
He's had four total touchdowns that he's in California. Wow. And Brock Purdy did that in his first playoff start. That's incredible. It is unbelievable what he's been able to do ever since stepping in. And I talked with Brian Peacock, Eric, a couple of weeks ago. That was after Brock's first start. And we were kind of like, all right, hey, that's that's great. But we got to see the sample size. You know, we got to see a little more from him. What's he going to do? We've seen the sample size now. So with all that you've seen from him and obviously the team around him, extremely, extremely talented. How far can Brock Purdy take this Niners team? You know, I, I think all the way because he doesn't necessarily have to be the reason. If, if he can continue to do the things, and we, we've said that for Jimmy Garoppolo. So Jimmy can get the 49ers to the Super Bowl. I think Brock Purdy that gives you that extra player. So he definitely can. Uh, but I, I think a, a lot of it is just this team, right? I mean, you have awesome weapons. You have uh, a terrific running game. You have an amazing play caller who sets everything up. And you have just these uh, defense that continues to put pressure on opposing defenses and put your offense in advantageous situations. So I think overall, like the team is so good that Brock Purdy, he can either one, continue to play how he's played. And that's definitely good enough to win the Super Bowl. Or even if he has a moment where, oh man, he kind of comes down to earth a little bit, but it's still kind of this base level play. I think you could still go with that. So as long as it doesn't look like just, oh my goodness, this is just terrible. This is horrible how he's playing out there, which we have not seen that at all during this time. I think the 49ers can definitely win a lot of games with him. It'd be scary if you have to go up against Patrick Mahomes and you just know what Mahomes is just capable of doing. And if you have to try to outduel someone like that, uh, and, and just the pressure that that puts on you in the big on the biggest stage, that's a lot to put on a, f a fresh uh, rookie quarterback that was the, uh, Mr. Irrelevant last pick in the draft. But uh, really, that's a long way of me saying I think the team is good enough around him to where the way he's been able to execute, you definitely can win. Yeah, he, he's shown it. He's shown it 100%. And I know, Eric, with this game, the Niners get out to the early 10-0 lead. They put up 40 on the Seahawks. Was it was this how you were expecting the game to go? Uh, I, I don't know if it was 100% how I was expecting that. I mean, yeah, I, I've seen the 49ers dominate them for the most part two times. And I always try to look at things from a different perspective, thinking, you know what, I, I could see how maybe the Seahawks have a chance, but 49ers, they, they, they've won 11 straight games now. They've been steamrolling teams. And it's been very consistent with just how they play in the, in the playmakers. So uh, overall, you saw the 10-point spread. I thought there was a chance that they could do that. Well, yeah, the 49ers have such a balanced team right now. When, when you have the play of what Purdy's doing, it, it just adds on to everything. And I think they're one of the top contenders right now in the NFC. But, Eric, you, you now have the second round to look forward to for the 49ers. We now know the Giants are going to be traveling to Philly to face the Eagles. So that means the 49ers get the winner of whoever wins that Tampa Bay and Dallas game. Who would you rather have for your San Francisco? Or just you personally? Okay, so th there's two different answers here. If you're just saying what team am I just more confident that the 49ers can ma manhandle, I would say Tampa Bay. And you, you never really expect to say something like that about a Tom Brady-led team. But right now, I just I just don't think they're good. They struggled throughout the entire season to really just score points. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Tom Brady's last year with the uh, – uh, New England Patriots, where you keep thinking like, okay, at some point, they're going to get it. They're going to figure it out. And they just never did. And that feels like this team where you keep thinking like, oh, okay, Tom Brady, like he's the best quarterback we've ever seen. He's going to figure it out. And offensively, they just haven't. And even the last time we saw them, that's a team that lost to the Atlanta Falcons. And, and 49ers lost to them early in the year. But just right now, at the end of the year, heading into the playoffs, 49ers are hot. Tampa Bay, maybe not 
as much or they just kind of are what they've been all year. When you look at the Dallas Cowboys, I actually want the 49ers to play them because I can't stand the Cowboys. I despise the Cowboys. I try to remove my fandom from a lot of my content uh, talking about the 49ers, but in the household, you know, my big brother, Brian, he is a diehard Cowboy fan. And just growing up in the house together between him, my uncle, I mean, it was just back and forth all the time, all the time. And uh, last year, I thought that that would just shut them up, the Cowboy fans. When the 49ers manhandled them in Dallas, I was actually at that game. It didn't. So I think another time, and it's almost like that uh, that SpongeBob thing, like how many times do we have to teach you this lesson, though, man? Like that that's, that's how I feel. So... I just, that's my Super Bowl. And 49er fans, they disagree. Oh, like, oh, no, you're, you're just saying that because we haven't won one in a while. Like, no, it, it's so personal that I don't care about anything else that happens but that game. I want the 49ers to play the Cowboys. I want that game in Santa Clara. I'm so upset. I won't be able to make it because I'm coaching in a tournament in Houston oh, next weekend. But uh, I, I, as you can hear with how passionate I, I am about this, I want the 49ers to play the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, you have me on board. I'm rooting for it now. Just for you personally <laughs> to get that and for the 49ers to get that win for you so you can finally, how many times do you have to teach you this lesson? Maybe, that, maybe that'll be the time. Maybe that's the final straw for yeah. what it could be. But, Eric, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for hopping on. For more on the 49ers and, of course, Eric's work, be sure to check out the Locked On 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Eric, thanks so much. I think the 49ers are one of the premier Super Bowl contenders this year. And, obviously, Brock Purdy, his exceeded all expectations so like eric said even if he comes a little bit down to earth i still think you have a, a really big super bowl contender moving forward for san francisco but that's all i have for you here today on locked on nfl thank you so much for tuning in when we get back here tomorrow we'll be diving into more nfl content with your tuesday hosts so be sure to stay tuned for that and we'll see you right back here tomorrow